Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome to I'll Hang Up and Listen, a very much less enthusiastic uh, I'll hang up and listen for a few nights ago. I am Dwayne Stunnel, host of Two Goalies on Mike, joined by Connor Hurley. Sabres lose 3-1 to one to the Montreal Canadiens, a KeyBank Center full of Habs fans singing that stupid fucking soccer song at the end, in the third period there to celebrate a, in my opinion, undeserving 3-1 to one win. Hurls, uh, immediate thoughts. Oh, you got muted there, bud. Are you, you got me? You hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Um, other than being dead inside from the combination of the Bills' loss yesterday and the Sabres' loss today, I'm just really frustrated uh, for a lot of different reasons. Um, the main one is Alex Tuck. Uh, it's really tough to say because we're all so excited about him. He's the greatest champion of Buffalo, grew up a Sabres fan, Seems to be an amazing teammate, friend, leader. Every cliche you could have in the book. But six games into the season, he is the worst player on the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, And it is a larger conversation about the team and where they are right now and what's going to happen moving forward. But you could honestly say that you can put this loss almost squarely on his shoulders tonight. Um, I know that's pretty tough given the way that Jake Allen played. And we'll get into that. But – he had two turnovers in the third period that were directly responsible for both goals that the Canadians undeservedly won the game, as you said. So we can get into it a little bit more. But as I said after the Flames game the other night, someone needs to find this man. Someone needs to figure out where his game is, who he was last season, why he was so successful over a point-per-game player, and do something. Maybe that sit him down. Uh, if I, he said down. Uh- Donnie did sit him down to begin the extra man at the end of the game with 127 left. He eventually got back on the ice and committed another turnover. Um, but I, if I were Don Granado at this point, I'd consider sitting him down. I don't know if you'd sit him down. I mean, you have to. He's the worst player on the team. Huh? He's the worst player on the team right now. I mean, sure, but I mean, I don't think you solve that by sitting Alex Tuck. I think. I mean, I, right. like, I, but like. I think- I get it. Listen, I get it, but you let a guy like that work through it. It's not for a lack of effort. It's not like he's out no, there floating. In my opinion, it looks like a lack of effort right now. He's, uh, I don't. I disagree. I totally disagree. Loose, I, loose on his stick. say the guy doesn't care. No, no yeah, he's I'm not, not saying he doesn't care, but the effort doesn't seem to be there. But the, those go hand in hand. Carrying an effort, they both. They not both always. Play. Not always. You can care without having your game, and he does not have his game right now. But then, but how can you say he doesn't like? He can care. He's not showing up. Effort is is a a physical. It's something like caring is something intangible. Effort is tangible. So when you're loose on your stick, when you're not strong on pucks, when you're turning the puck over in the neutral zone, in the offensive zone, and you're getting every single shot blocked, when you do not have the same intensity that you had last season, when you can't, uh, when you can't complete a pass, that's effort. You can care. I'm sure he cares. You see him after wins. He screams woo into the camera. But the tangible parts of his game right now are not there. And I 
think that's effort at the moment. I just don't think you sit that guy. There's there. I mean, you just don't sit him. I'm not alone here, Dwayne. I'm not. I understand you're not alone, dude. But like, you, that's a guy you let work through it. You just let him work uh, yeah. through it. He'll figure it out. But nobody going can be to, above. Like, nobody, that's a guy who will figure it out. Nobody can be above criticism. Nobody can be above criticism and punishment. I'm not saying he's above criticism, but that's a guy, in my opinion, you just let figure out. Well, I'm with you. And I, I don't know how many games it's going to take. Um, if like, you, if you, like, dude, Tage Thompson has like one, like two points he, in the season. But points, I'm not. I'm not comparing. I'm not comparing Tage Thompson's. Like he's clearly playing a lot better. He's just not. It's just not going in for him. But there are plenty of other players too who aren't performing. Jeff player right now. Like you know, like I'm. I'm usually very optimistic and forgiving to certain players, and I, I think there there are ways that are uh, mistakes are explained, and there are ways that you can. Yeah, like, he, had a, he had a terrible game. No, yeah. no, 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 no. This is not just a terrible game. This is six terrible games. He's been really bad. And, yeah, and hear, me out, hear me out. Hear me out. Like, I know he cares. I know he's a lifelong Sabres fan. I love the guy. Being a Sabres fan has nothing to do with no, no, what I'm, what I'm telling else. you is that the, the care is there. I think something is off to the point where he is not playing at the level we've expected or honestly can afford to put him out there at this point. So you see what happens tomorrow night. But if you see more of the same going into Thursday night's game, Don's got to send a message. And that's that's a strong take for me. But And I know, like – I just don't think he gets sad. I know. I, I don't think, think he gets sad either. I think, I think I the guy you let work through it and you let him figure it out. I don't think it's going to happen either. Opinion. But I don't think it's going to happen either. But if it happens two, three more games and it's the same shit, he had three shots on Golden Knight, and I don't think any one of them was, was a good chance. Even towards the end of the game, he, he rifled it over the net. I, I just think there's a disconnect right now. And sometimes taking a step back and looking at the game from a different perspective is good. Even if he's one of your superstars, first line players, first power play unit, he was directly responsible for the team losing tonight. So I, I think if it continues to happen, you got to send a message. Yeah. Yeah. Again, both those turnovers, the first, the first, the second goal more so than the third. Um, but yeah, but the, I would say the third goal as well, it was a shot blocked in the, Shot blocked in the offensive zone. I was just watching him because at this point I was just so mad. Shot blocked in the offensive zone, turnover in the neutral zone, puck right in front of the net directly after. I, I'm telling you, it was almost a direct result of his play. And yeah. He was like, I, I, again, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I just said more so the second one because that was directly off a blind, blind backhand pass uh, in the offensive zone that went the other way. Like, that's the type of thing. Like, you didn't see him do that type of thing last season. No, like, he's – it's because it's because he's trying to make something happen. He's he's he he it, like when I say he's trying, like he's doing everything he can to make something happen. It's just to your point, the disconnect. It's just not happening for him. Like yeah, and and that, that's the that's the tough part though because like I I think there's a difference with like you said, Tate Thompson. He had ten shots on goal last game and didn't get a goal. You yeah. even heard you even heard that uh, which I thought was great tonight by NHL Network that mic'd up segment of uh, talk, talk, I mean, Tage talking to Cousins on the bench where he talks about that glove save that Jake Allen had in the second period directly over his glove, which is the hardest shot to save as a goalie. They call it glove dot because it's in between your and your butterfly and it's also where your glove typically is and you don't usually cover that. But he had his glove there even with a screen. Um, Tage is putting the puck on that and he's putting it in a good situation. Yeah. I think he's even playing playing better defensively. He's getting sticks on pucks in the defensive zone. He seems to care more in the defensive zone, which he hasn't previously. That's the difference. I, I mean, Jeff Skinner scoring goals. He's getting pucks on that. Yeah. You saw Dylan Cousins with another strong game tonight. I think largely the Sabres' best players are playing good enough for them to win. The Sabres played good enough to win tonight, aside from one player, in my opinion. So I think you, you got to I mean, they played they play good enough to win if your goalie doesn't let any goals in. Yeah, but like you can also put the second goal on Connor for sure. Like I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not blaming Connor at all. And like you got to be able to score more than one goal to win a hockey game. They ran into a very hot Jake Allen, who, like, I, I don't, like, he was in possession, like position to make every save. He was never out of position. Um, the only thing, and we were texting during the game too, is, is like the, there was no traffic in front. There's no yeah. traffic in front. He was seeing every shot right into his body. He wasn't giving up a ton of a ton of second opportunities. 
Uh, and then when there was a second opportunity, I mean, Montreal was there to get it, get it out of a danger area. Like, I, I don't know. I just, you need to win this game. You need to win this game. Despite the errors by Alex Tuck, despite running into a hot, you got to find a way to win that game. You just have to. Like I'm a, I'm a, as big of a goalie apologist as there is. I thought Jake Allen probably played better than I've ever seen him tonight. And we've yeah. seen him probably since like his first couple of years. With yeah. Like he was great with the blues. Um, he's been with the Habs for a couple of years now and he's had good games against the Sabres, but never anything like this. Like shots were 37 to 27. He had probably 25 quality saves tonight. Yeah. But of, of those 25 quality saves, even that windmill glove save on Jeff Skinner, in the third period, which is a really nice save. He got across his crease, got his glove up, windmilled it. Amazing save. He still saw it. The whole of, of those twenty, there was no traffic over on that side. He probably saw uh, twenty-two of them. However, I do agree with the commentating uh, during that whole sequence. You had Savard with no skate blade, not using his own stick. You're on the power play. You should be cycling everything over to that side trying to get that puck down low seen as the guy literally can't skate. Like it's I didn't agree. Game. Don't get me wrong. It's a nice scoring chance from Skinner. I just don't agree with, with, with working the puck, but like you should be doing everything you can to get that puck below the dots because you have a guy who literally can't skate. The only thing you can do at that point is probably get down on one knee and try and windshield wiper the stuff, the pick the puck away with a stick. That's his another, only, his only choice you have at that point. Like Another example of a huge problem with this team right now is that they're panicking on the power play, especially as they're down in games, and they're putting their head down and firing into shin pads. Yeah. That is how breakaways happen. Yeah, I, think, I think between – I don't think it was – I can't remember if it was tonight or combination. I think it was tonight, 70 shot attempts. Yeah. And I, I think there were 18 block shots by the Canadians to the yeah. Sabres 10. 70 Sabres shot attempts. Sabres aren't really blocking any meaningful shots because uh, no. it doesn't. It, it doesn't seem like they have that. Like the Rangers did in the home opener, and the Canadians did tonight. They played like it was a playoff game, especially in front of a goalie that was hot, that was playing really well. Um, at certain points, you need composure. You yeah. have the skill, you have the talent, you have the ability to move the puck. But having a pump fake, even Josh Allen on on, uh, on Sunday morning, like he's not playing free. He's not playing. Yeah within himself he's he has a game script that seems like it's so rigid he's not running the ball he's not pump faking and then making a defender miss and then playing how we know josh allen to play yeah and tage thompson on the power play he is getting the puck on that on that right half wall and just firing i know he has a goal this season but even on that goal that wasn't a one-timer he one one touch and then fired a wrist shot or a snapshot into the goal they need more composure they need more poise because they have all of the talent in the world. And I still believe that about Alex Tuck. I think he's a really, really good hockey player. But yeah. he has no poise. He has no confidence. He has no direction with his game right now. And it's really, really disappointing because this team should absolutely be 4-2 and two instead of 2-4 and four right now. And as we said after the Flames loss, and as we're going to say after these losses continue to mount, if they play like this, it's going to get early really quick for this team. The Red Wings, I think, are 5-1, and one, a team that the Sabres should be on par with right now. Um, you play Ottawa tomorrow night on a back-to-back. That's going to be a scary game. Yeah. Uh, likely with UPL in that. So, uh, yeah, Granado just announced uh, when, it, when asked it will likely be uh, Uko Pekalugan. So not too you're going to what, you're not gonna too what the injury to Levi is. Obviously, it's a lower body, but – uh, he, he mentioned today, earlier today, it's something they don't want to rush because they don't want to have a setback. Probably a, it's probably a small groin strain. Probably. So uh, from Mauricio, our favorite, our favorite listener. <laughs> hey, I, I agree. On the power play. So many breakdowns, breakaways, odd man rushes on the power play. You're on the power play man advantage. I, again, I agree hundred percent. Um, make no bones about it. Offensively, Buffalo dominated them tonight. They did. They dominated the Montreal Canadiens tonight. I thought uh, puck movement was there. Um, you know, they had some good looks. Again, we I can't stress enough how great Jake Allen played. But you have to, when, when a goalie is playing that well, A, you can't let him get into his zone to play that well to begin with. You have to get bodies in front. Um, he let in a bad goal on the power play. He came. He was in his RVH. Very he nice. Very nice. Oh, no, you're wrong. 
That's why me as a goalie on the glove side, I hate going into the RVH. I'm a big VH guy on that side. Um, because you can't, it's easier to take away that, you know, sneak it in between your head and the post. Uh, but when you have a goalie that lets in a goal like that, you next thing you do, next offensive zone possession, you are literally on top of the paint, making it a nightmare for him. And Buffalo just wasn't doing that. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't get a dirty goal to save their life tonight. Uh, no. The goal they scored was obviously very pretty. Uh, and they had 37 shots on that and probably way more scoring chances that didn't even get on that. Mm-hmm. All of those, all of those three shots blocked by Savard in the power play, where he lost his skate blade. Literally, did you watch oh. the replay? Did you watch the replay of Thompson's shot blowing up that and skate he was, blade? He was, he was, he was Bambi on the ice after that. So Literally. it was a five, it was a five on three. Yes, yeah. gets it, and it, it, Allen makes a nice save. But yeah. he saw everything. Uh, I, I don't want to give him too much credit. I really don't. Uh, he's an NHL goalie. If he sees the puck, he should save it. I, I really fully believe that. And he's, a, I would say, an above-average goalie when he's playing at his best. And that's what he was tonight. Uh, if, any, if, if anyone that's watching is uh, watching or the press conferences or anything, and if anyone speaks to Alex Tuck, like, I haven't heard him talk this season yet. I would love to hear him have some accountability, to him take responsibility for some of his actions on the ice tonight. Well, that's, that's, that's the kind of guy, though, too. He doesn't avoid that. He I know, be, I know. I brought, I want to hear it. Someone's got to ask. Yeah, I mean, for all we know, he might be getting asked. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, so this is what I'm saying. We're doing this right now. If he's yeah, currently being asked, if anyone's, I'm it, sure somebody's asking him. Like, please, that's please. a guy. That's a guy who does accept. He doesn't. No, he doesn't no. I fully, I fully expect him to say, "I'm playing like shit." Yeah. Um, and as potentially a future captain of this team, at this point, like I. I really very much believe it's going to be Rasmus Dahlin, um, which is not saying anything bad about Alex Tuck. I think he could be a captain of this team. I just believe the Sabres' best player, and it seems like one of their best leaders at this point at both ends of the ice is Dahlin. Um, as a future assistant captain of the team, he needs to be held accountable. Uh, and, I, and I hope he does get asked by Mike Harrington or Paul Hamilton or one of these reporters, because if us as fans are seeing this, and everybody's talking about it. The reporters need to see it. The team needs to know. Donnie needs to know. Um, this team needs to be held accountable because the expectations are there. The talent is there. They are out. I think they've outplayed the, their opponent in five of six games this season, and they've lost four of them. So, so when we say the talent is there, like that bottom six also has to do be better too. I mean, yeah, like I, you I just can't. It, like you know, we we talked about it in our group chat, like. Everybody and their mother knows where that puck is being filtered to on the power play. It's no different than what the Capitals tried to have done for years with Ovechkin from that same exact spot. They don't have a really a weapon on that opposite side to really take pressure away from Thompson. Um, maybe this, and I know a lot of people called for it last year. Maybe this is a situation on the power play where you do put Olsen on that opposite side and hope for the best. I know, yeah. I know we take our... It would be good to have two opposite side threats. Yeah, it just, that, at the same time, you can defend that still. If you, oh, we're going to do a one-timer to the right. We're going to do a one-timer to the left. More than anything, they need people in front, and they need to get dirty goals. Yeah. Jeff Skinner is his, at his best. Of course, he's had some really nice goals this season, but he's at his best in front of the net, tipping shots, banging in rebounds. But Same with Alex Tuck. He's a my, big guy. Like He my, needs to get dirty. And to my second is, point, though, you, that right. second unit has been next to useless. Yeah. Next well, to useless. And I mean, all these guys, maybe one of these guys need to be bumped down to that second line to bring some, you know, spread the wealth a little bit. And I'm not advocating that Victor Olsen get more ice time. Put Greenway in front of the net on the second power. You know what I mean? Like, at some point, like, yeah, sure, it's easy to stop, like, to, to cover both sides. But it's a hell of a lot easier to just cover one side when you know, like, Look at that, like a perfect example, that uncontested Skinner slap shot, which essentially was a five on three and a half. Let's be real. Um, They weren't worried about it at all because everybody was filtered over to that side. Jake Allen is already so much in the zone that he knew he was able to get over. You need a threat on that side. You just do and you don't have it. And I mean, are we at all surprised that – the Sabres didn't do anything to their bottom six in the offseason, and it's not producing anything. Well, it's – it's. listen, I love I love the guy. I do. Um, he's been an advocate for this city, a leader. 
you know, guys played through so many head injuries, but Kyle, he, he shouldn't have been back. He should be back. I get yeah, it. You want you want to be on a team. You want to be a part of this team when they finally make the playoffs. You want to be part of the solution. But like, and then and then uh, secondly, you ha- you back yourself into a corner because he's wearing the the big the, the, the most important letter on the team. I mean, like at you, this, you, just at can't, this point, you just can't scratch that guy. You just can't. No, but I mean, hear me out. At this point, he's got to realize he's doing nothing out there. I yeah. mean, you you can be stubborn, but. He's as slow as molasses. And the, like I said, same thing about Alex Tuck. We love the guy. We yeah. love the human being. We love everything that they've brought to this team. But you're, when you're looking at an on-ice product right now, that fourth line, aside from Zemgis Gergensons and Tyson Jost, has done virtually nothing. Um, Peyton Krebs, J.J. Paterka has been almost non-existent, not, not playing with better it's players. Why, it's is, honestly why I think that – after this condition assignment, you will see Matt Savoy in this line. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a rookie and he's an eight, 19 year old kid and he's five six. Like, I, I hope he does well, but like, what impact do you see Matt Savoy making? I mean, would you say that Benson has made an impact in this lineup? For sure, but I think Benson is a different type of player. Like, I, I would. Yeah, but not, if you put them out there together, but if you put them would, out there together, I would love to see like any type of production from the bottom six, of course. Yeah. But. At this point, you relying on an 18 and 19 year old rookie to make that no, happen. No, I'm not really saying you're bad roster management. But what's what are they going to add to your bottom six that you well, don't have? Well, what you add, what you add to your bottom, it's as crazy as this sounds right now. What you add to your bottom six is moving someone down when you bring in a guy like Pat King. Yeah, if it happens. I'm what's, what I, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. You need more depth in the bottom half of your lineup. If no, you I don't put, disagree with you. If you put Jordan Greenway in your bottom six. If you have J.J. Paterka playing with more skilled players on that third line, if Kyle Oposo, like, oh, you can't scratch the guy, but can you not? you got to win games. And if he's not helping you win games. This is why, and honest to God, this is why to start the season when I heard that he was going to be when he, when he signed, I was a big advocate for a co-captaincy. Big advocate for a co-captaincy. Because at least then you say, hey, we're just giving you a veteran's night off. You know, it's not, you know, whatever. Like, I was a big advocate for a co-captaincy. Because, you know, how they did with Breer and Jury. I think one was the captain on the away. One was captain home. They switched back and forth. You could have did the same thing with Akposo and not had to make you feel, not make you feel like shit the fact that you're scratching your captain. Like, I just, I, I was a big advocate of that. Like, whether it was Darlene or Tuck, make one of them a co-captain on you know away for away games or something to that mat to that to that effect, and you're not stripping him of the C, but you're also putting yourself in a situation where you can give him a healthy veterans night off every once in a while because he is so far behind the play when uh, on the rush it's not even funny even back checking when he has a step on the closest Canadian or whoever it is on any given night. They either are end up like battling for the puck, even when Akposo has a step on him, or he loses that battle entirely because he just doesn't have it in his legs anymore. Yeah, he I uh, <laughs> I called Alex Tuck a below average beer leaguer tonight. Um, I, I would argue that Kyle Akposo is even worse than that, um, and it it sucks to say it really does because as you said, he's gone through so much, he's done so much for the community. He would be better off being a coach yeah. at this point. And it sucks to say, I really hate saying it, but you got to get somebody in the lineup that can, that can handle the speed of the NHL. Cause as we've seen, the Sabres have a lot of speed at the top of their lineup, a lot of skill. And I think Oposa still has some skill. At least I think he has a pretty good shot. He scored some good goals last season. I don't think he has a scoring chance this year. Maybe he's playing good defensive hockey. And that's, you know, that's what you need. I think you're lucky. I think you're lucky if you get five or six goals on him right now at this point. No, I, I, I think we can all agree on that. And that's these are the tough realizations you need to come to when you start a season as badly as you have. You have one good game against the Lightning that you almost blew, and thankfully you won in overtime. And then you have your most complete game of the season on Saturday against a really good Islanders team with a little go-ahead magic, and maybe the team got up for it a little bit more. And somehow on a Monday night, and I'm not blaming the fans, but in a in a barn that's 50-50 Canadians fans, 
wearing the blue jerseys, they can't they can't seem to defend in their own end or get meaningful scoring chances. I don't they're know really, what it is. I don't really know what it is with this team, man. Like something, it feels so mental sometimes. They have every single piece they need, aside from a mediocre bottom six. But in today's NHL, sometimes you to score goals, all you need is a few guys that can put the puck in the net, a relatively good defense, and relatively good goaltending. And I think they have that. I really do believe they have that. And they showed that on Saturday night. And they even showed that tonight. Tonight should have been a five to two win. Correct. Like if if Jake Allen, regardless, if he plays the way he plays, that still it could be a three to two win. I just it's it's nonsensical that they lose this game. The same way with the Bills against the Patriots yesterday. They started too slow. They had to battle back. And it's almost as if they're complacent for two franchises that have never won anything and consistently break the hearts of their fans. The reason I wore that, a Buffalo, that, I wore that, a Buffalo that, Braves jersey tonight because it's the only Buffalo team that has yeah. a broken heart in the past two days. It's fucking embarrassing. The Bills, the, the Bills are literally that, that game yesterday. I remember when I flipped the first card, I was like, yo, this has got like 24 to 10. I know, I saw you say that. And like, hear me out. When you said that, I was optimistic because the past three games, they've gotten down early because they've gotten complacent with their stupid game script. And then they open it up and play free and score two touchdowns at the end of the game. They're throwing crucial fourth down passes to a tight end that they knowingly has a serious wrist injury. That's what they were doing on Sunday. Yeah, That's well, nuts. I mean, I mean, Diggs, the fact that he was even active is nuts to me. I mean, Diggs dropped a crucial pass with 12 seconds left. That would have given us an opportunity to get a, like a last second Hail Mary. That was a tough. That was a, That's not his fault. He's the best player on the team. Yeah, but that diving, that was a tough catch to make. No, 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 no. I, I think he should have caught it. That was it. a really tough catch. I, I think he should have caught it, but he even tweeted something today. He was just like, I actually kind of feel a little bit bad when I, when I like, let down your fantasy teams and like blow your parlays. I think he knows he should have had that one. He makes oh, that catch yeah, if it hits you nine out of ten times. If it hits um, you in both hands, like yeah, you probably nine out of ten times. Um, but that was a very difficult catch. It wasn't a perfectly thrown ball by any means. That was a tough catch. Hey, everybody, um, uh, everybody, watch the Los Angeles Clippers tomorrow night because I'm sure they're going to lose yeah. in spectacular fashion. Oh, we got a Clippers fan on the show. Well, I'm I'm a Buffalo Braves fan. And the reason, oh, true. yes, that's right. The, the, the reason I'm a Clippers fan is because my dad had season the Braves. He got uh, both Braves and season tickets in 1970 together for for the same season. For guess how much money? How much? Hundred bucks. Wow. Hundred bucks for both teams. Um, and he he went to every single game. He went to every single Braves game throughout their history in Buffalo. And when I when I came to LA, I became a Clippers fan because of it. Regardless. Yeah. Uh, Next the three Clippers are the same way. They no. have injuries, they have superstar players, and they can never get it done. The city is cursed, Dwayne. Sabres next They're three cursed. opponents, Ottawa, New Jersey, and Colorado. They're so fucked. Devin Levi needs to get back sooner rather than later. So Not that he's going to solve the problem, man, but they do seem to play better in front of him uh, offensively. I'll say that. Well, you, put um, him, you put him against arguably – the two best offensive teams in the league in New Jersey and Colorado. Yeah. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I just, I both think. On the road, right. Huh? Both, are both on the road? Yeah. This was a homestand. So I think is tomorrow in Ottawa. I think Ottawa tomorrow's in Ottawa. Scenario. Yep. And I'm pretty sure at least one of those two games are on the road. So um, yeah, Thursday, Thursday night against New Jersey. In New Jersey. In New Jersey. Um, I'm not too sure about Colorado if that's at home or not. Not that it matters because it's not like we play better at home anyway. <laughs> like, it's kind of, it's pretty wild. Well, abs on the road. Sunday uh, Sunday at 10 a.m. Oh, oh wow. Uh, so here in yeah. you, bud. Yeah. I'll, Speaking I'll, the truth, no bottom six, up. no talent. Wake up, uh, wake up early for that one. And, yes, uh, the <laughs> devils on the road. Uh, Kevin Adams needs to man up, make some real moves. It's a shame that we let Ottawa Detroit win the offseason. He made that comment a little while ago. I said, yeah. I mean, yeah. Offensively, you did nothing. They they went into the season with this exact same forward lineup. You had two average defensemen, and then you have a three-goalie rotation with 
I know they thought they could trust Devin Levi, and I still think that we can. But they went into a three-goalie rotation of unproven goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not single when, one. When you look back on it, every warning sign that we talked about this this summer, if things were to blow up, like Levi wasn't ready, you can't trust the other two, the defense is not that much better, and the offense regresses. Yep. All mean, four happens. In terms of Levi, I mean, I think you just need a bigger sample size. No, I know. I, I'm not giving sure. up. But Comrie, outside of less than a half a season worth of starts uh, in Winnipeg, he's proven nothing at the NHL level. Barely I mean, we've seen the flashes. We've seen him play very, very good. But we've also seen him play very, very, very bad. You could have gotten Corpusalo. Yep, you could have got Corpusalo. I mean, you could still probably go get Johnny Gibson. That's a losing hockey team. You think Gibson wants to be there? Do something. Like, if if the Bills or the Sabres don't make any type of meaningful trade in the next two months, season's over. Both seasons are over. And it sucks to say, because obviously the Bills have had horrible injury luck. The defense is a shell yeah. of itself without four of its best players. Injuries happen, but you saw what the Rams did a couple seasons ago. That happened to them, and they went out and got Jalen Ramsey. They went out and got Von Miller, and then they won a title. Uh, you see it with the Vegas Golden Knights. They had a few horrible, horrible injuries. Out, uh, uh, Max Pacioretty, to, to name one. Uh, they went out. Even, this timeline might be off, but they trade for star players. They traded for Mark Stone. They traded for Petrangelo. They traded for Jack Eichel. They knew their window was open, and the Sabres Stanley Cup window is not open. Like the Bills, Super Bowl winner. Yeah. We know that. But the expectation this season, and everybody going into this year, all agreed that missing the playoffs was a colossal failure. You virtually did nothing in the offseason. And you were relying on the same group of people that you thought, and I think we all were pretty confident in. I think we all thought that top line was going to stay together the entire season. Five games in, they're done. Um, you thought you, you had a future captain and you were confident in Alex Point. Alex Tuck being a, t- uh, a point per player game this year. That's not looking like it's going to happen. Uh, Tage Thompson, I think, will get there. I really do believe so. Um, yeah. Well, but, I think Tage only has like two or three points on the season right no, now. No, okay, I think he only has one. Is it, is it, is it his goal? It's his goal. Yeah. It's his only point. Fuck, man. But he's got, he's got 28 shots on net in six games. So you can't blame him too much. Oh, it's. No, but he's also – he's not a playmaker. He scores goals, you know. Jeff he can, Skinner, he can, no, he can make plays. We've seen it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, it's yeah. not again, it's not what he's known for. No. Um, I mean, Casey Middlestad's been your best forward probably overall. Maybe Dylan Cousins who woke up after the Lightning game. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we knew what could happen if the offense doesn't score as many goals and they let in the same amount and the goaltending is right around the same. It's a below 500 hockey team. Yeah. Um, I would and love to hear what Kevin Adams has to say right now. I mean, he's not going to speak. He's, he's not going to talk for a long time. No, no. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just curious. I just hear yeah. like there. So there were some questions on Twitter today. It was more, it was obviously geared on, on Bill's Twitter, but you know, and this is why, and people may argue, this is why I respect Mike Harrington. Mike Harrington is the asshole that, is a, not afraid to ask the question that everybody wants to ask, but but won't. You get fluff questions. You get fl- reporters that ask fluff questions. Like for for situations like this, whether you're talking about the Sabers or the Bills, you can't have that in a media room. You can't. You have to have accountability. You can't go into a post game after a game like this or a game like yesterday and ask the same bullshit questions and get the same bullshit answers. Like I, I remember, it was uh. Who was it? It was Mike. No, no, it was uh, Chris Godwin. Uh, it was a, it was a quote from him, and it looked literally identical to what you would hear from McDermott after every single loss this season. Yeah. And I right. quote tweeted it with a Leonardo DiCaprio with him pointing at the TV. He's like, "When McDermott sees this quote, like, yeah, that's me. Like, we, I'm so sick of just the same bullshit, generic questions and answers. Like, get real accountability. Like, I just like, okay. hey, okay. not like." Why are your forward groups playing like shit? You haven't had one forward group, one line that's in two games in a row have been consistently your best line. It's always some other line every single night. And then the rest of the team drags you down. Like for three or three games in a row, 
It was the Greenway, Benson, and uh, Middlestat line. Yeah. That was your best line. You couldn't uh, buy a goal from the, first, the top two. Quick uh, Granado on Alex Tuck. Uh, quote, we need to get him going more than he is at this point. We will spend a, a little more time with Tucky to get him going in the right direction. That's a bullshit answer. Uh, Granado on the scoring. This group will score. Says when you're struggling to score, get to the net, and that's how you can resolve it. At least he knows he's not that. Wrong. He's not wrong. At least, get at least he knows that. Uh, Granado yeah. says Jake Allen was good, but they didn't get to the net with enough conviction to score enough. And then Jeff Skinner says, we had some chances from the outside. We needed some more urgency. We just didn't do enough to capitalize on chances. It doesn't matter unless you score. So I'm glad they know they need to get garbage goals. Because this team, aside from maybe one goal this season, they've only scored pretty goals. Can you think of a garbage goal yet this year? No. No, not a single one. No, that's the thing. When you think, like, they haven't scored more than three goals in a game yet. I don't no. know, right? No, no, they haven't. Um, but every single goal has been pretty. Every single one. They don't have a guy, and I think Jordan Greenway can be that guy, but he's even playing on the outside a little bit, albeit very well. I think Jordan Greenway has been – I Sabres' three best forwards through six games, in my opinion, are – I'll put it to four. Casey Middlestat, Dylan Cousins, Jordan Greenway, and Jeff Skinner. And Jeff Skinner only because he's producing. Uh, the rest of them, I just think, are just playing at both ends of the ice, and they're, they're, they're generally just playing well. They don't have a single guy – that can get to the front of the net like Tom Wilson or Brendan Gallagher or Brad Marchand or any of these guys that you see doing on a consistent basis. They don't have a single guy that is well. Victor Olison is the opposite of that guy. Yeah. Get him off the team as soon as possible. Uh, they don't have a single guy that is willing to get in front of the net. It's like my beer league team. They have nobody that wants to risk being hurt. <laughs> I swear. I told you about my team. They score two goals a game and they're yeah. both pretty and they're both nice. But Shots from the point, rebounds, deflections, tips, everything Vegas is doing, everything Boston is doing, everything Colorado is doing, even though they have all the skills. Three undefeated teams in the NHL right now, they're all doing that. The Sabres have never done it, and they're not going to do it. So, From from, uh, from Donald Sparaza here, I'm scared shitless for the next three games. We might get boat raced. Uh, are we getting to the point where it's time for Granada to go? No. Um, they're not gonna. They're not gonna fire Granado. It won't happen this season. Not yet. Things, like things would have to go horribly wrong, like disaster. Like Rob Kruger, like fifteen games in a row. Hundred percent. It had to be Ralph Kruger, like. And then you know who you bring up is Seth Apper. Seth Apper should be on this bench now, man. But no, <laughs> but like, Seth Apper should be on this bench now. I, I don't have any faith. We all know my feelings on this coaching staff. Yeah, I know. I'm telling you, though, like, worst case scenario, you have a hockey coach who could be a head coach in the National Hockey League in the NHL. Yep. And his staff, it's obviously you've got Vinny Prospel now who's working with all the Czech players. Uh, who else did they hire? Oh, um, they just, honestly, they, I honestly, God, I think you just have a staff. staff. I have a staff. You have a staff on that bench. And uh, I won't say out loud who I was messaging with about it, but he's really respected in the local hockey scene. He knows most of the play people we're talking about, uh, knows some stuff behind the scenes. He goes, it's a boys club. It's a boys club. He goes, these are all Harbor Center guys. These are all guys that Kevin is tight with, and that's why they have those positions. And it's true. Matt Ellis. Matt Ellis. And who, it, have it, we it, figured it, out what the guy with the bear, bad haircut, his name is? I, I don't care what his name is. He sucks. Um, the only guy that's honestly qualified, and I, 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 this is borderline because I don't think I don't know how much coaching need to be after you retired. I think you went right out of retirement into coaching. Is Girardi? Yeah, but he's, I, he's yeah. even yo. He's not even employed. He's not even there. Yeah, even no, there. I, read, I read an article that he's like just like a senior advisor. Yeah, like like he goes on he's the, he's the, the chicklets. Uh, I think it was spitting chicklets yeah. at him on, and like. He's not even there. You're paying this guy to not be there. Lives in Fort Erie. He was like, yeah, it's a pretty good gig. Like, I leave my house, drive 15 minutes over the Peace Bridge to home games and home practices, and I work with, like, this talented defensive core, and that's about it. Yeah. What are we doing? Like, that guy, if you're paying him, needs to be there. Needs to be there. 
I, I just, I'm not going to say, I'm not to the point where I'm going to start bitching about Dan Girardi not being at practice, but in terms of the rest of the staff, there's no fucking reason they should be coaching in the NHL. You had a guy, you had, and this is what I was told. This is literally what I was told. He goes, Mike Pekka is too assertive for these players. He goes, he's too in your face for these players. He's old school for these players. And that's why he wasn't brought on that bench. They allegedly, I also heard that he was more or less asked to be like an in the stands type of coach, almost like Girardi. And Michael Pekka doesn't want to be that. He obviously wants to be a head coach someday in the NHL. And that's why he's no longer in this organization he's with the Rangers with Peter Laviette. And I think Mike Weber too is there as well. I want to say it's either Webs or, um, yeah, maybe Weber. But look. Yeah. I have thoughts on Mike Weber. But that's you, you look at this team, though. You look at this team and the coaching staff and the players that Donnie has surrounded himself with, or maybe he's been forced to surround himself with. And it's like, how do you not support an NHL, a new NHL coach with a veteran staff? Like how I don't, I, I don't think Don, I don't think Donnie's the problem, and I, I want no, to I don't, I really don't. No, no, I want to reiterate that. I, I think he's got really, really good offensive schemes. Obviously, he's gotten the most out of so many players that uh, obviously Ralph Kruger didn't because he was an economics guy and a soccer coach um, for the most part. But that doesn't necessarily mean that a development coach, a guy that's known to be good with young guys should necessarily be your head coach because it's clear that in my opinion, he has no idea what he's doing defensively. Clearly this team is still almost largely a liability defensively. They had a yes, they relatively, relatively good game tonight, but clearly nobody's coaching them to the point where they're not puck watching every other night or covering the front of the net. Uh, yeah. He's getting the most out of Tate Thompson or maybe he was, um, and he, he coached Jordan Greenway. He's good with these young guys. I'm sure he's been great with Zach Benson. But Seth Appert has largely had more experience coaching higher levels of hockey. Dude, uh, he might Matt have- Ellis coached 13U before he came in. 13U! 13 under! He was shooting fucking coaching middle schoolers! Yeah. And then he just jumps into an NHL role. Are you fucking kidding me? He's a guy who literally was a borderline fourth-line player his entire fucking career. I'm so sick and tired of hearing out, oh, well, he knows what it means to stay in the NHL. He works with that. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Can he coach or not? Because every year he's been on the bench, this team has been a below 500 hockey team. Let's not even talk about his playing career. Let's talk about his coaching career. Because it sucked. It has sucked. It has sucked. I just said, I, I took so much shit the other day on Twitter from fucking uh, a personal friend, uh, Wheels, and then some other guy. Like, oh, uh, uh, what they do on the ice doesn't mean they're really good. Look at Wayne Gretzky. First off, Wayne Gretzky was a fucking publicity stunt to put fans in the seats in Arizona, and it didn't work. And now they played a fucking college arena in Arizona to less than 5,000 fans a night. It, less than 5,000 fans a night. There's nobody gives a fuck about hockey in Arizona. And we're going to sit here, and we're going to sit here point to that as an example. No, how about this? How about Matt Ellis is there because he's boys and pals with people like Kevin Adams? Because these are yes men. They'll fucking take the bare minimum to be paid to be a hockey coach in the NHL. Like, that's what it really boils down to. Don't sit here and try and sell me on Matt Ellis as a coach in the NHL because it's never going to work. Yeah. If you can't tell, we're pretty frustrated. Uh, That was vintage Dwayne there. Thanks. Thanks for for stopping by. Uh, Yeah. It's it's bad, man. Uh, I even saw with a minute 27 left, Tuck was asking Matt Ellis a question on the bench, and there seemed to be like a little bit of a disagreement or some confusion there. And I don't read lips. I, we need John Boy for this one. Uh, <laughs> but it was it, – it felt like a situation where, of course, Tuck's on the bench because he was playing like shit. But it felt like a situation where they didn't know what they were doing. There seemed to be no plan in the offensive zone. Of course, you're down two goals with – a minute and a half remaining. There's not much chance anyway. But there seems to be no direction from the coaching staff at all. Um, even those quotes by Granado tonight, like I know you're not going to like sell out your player, but as I said before, 
they need to be held accountable. They need to be held accountable when they're playing horribly, which six games in the year, aside from two wins, they are largely playing horribly. And playing horribly can assert itself in different ways. Playing horribly tonight was getting 37 shots on net, but probably four good scoring chances, maybe less. I I fully believe almost every single NHL goaltender would have let in less, less than two goals tonight, two or less. Maybe two or less. Obviously, Jake Allen made a couple good saves tonight. I really, I will give him that. But they were just blindly firing on goal. You are not going to score goals if you're blindly firing from 15 feet out with nobody in front to get rebounds, nobody in front to get a deflection or a tip, no grit. And I've, I've said before, like, oh, like, everyone talks about grit and toughness. And, like, at the end of the day, you just got to score goals. But sometimes that's what you need to score goals. And this team does not have that on their roster. So mm-hmm. I don't know what it's going to take to upgrade the bottom six because hopefully the top six figures it out, aside from Jeff Skinner, and start scoring goals. Uh, I think the defense has been fine. You're, you're, you're throwing a dice on the table every night in goal uh, because it's three unproven guys. Uh, and, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, but like we said before, going to get early really really quick for this team because the eastern conference is better than we thought the bruins are really good again the lightning aren't as bad as we thought uh the panthers are going to figure it out this could be a last place finish in the division for the sabers easily easily because you saw what the canadians did to them tonight they're three and one they have guys like brendan gallagher that can get to the front of the net they have sean monahan they've got guys that are going to get in your face it doesn't exist on this team. Alex Tuck, the best thing he's done this year is he dropped his gloves for one fight. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, again, I said I'm still doing that, so I'm still going to give it till 10 games. Yeah. Um, but this team but, can easily be 2-8 and eight after 10 games. So what do you do then? It's a, it, what do you it, do, it, do then? These next three games – are really like you need one. I think you need two. Um, personally, I I, I almost I almost think two is like I think three points is possible, but I think four points. The way they're playing right now is somewhat with. with I know they expect UPL to start tomorrow, or likely. But if Devin Levi wakes up tomorrow and he's feeling good, I don't know how you. But then you put him in a situation where he's coming off like a rough game, exactly, and you put him against. A high-powered offense. Well, like I would say a roughish game. Yeah, I roughish. Say yeah, yeah. Roughish. I, I thought he played a good two and a half period. Yeah, like, he made some great saves, but he also let in a few weak goals. Um, you put him in there against a team like the Senators, which is probably the best offensive team this team has faced this season. So the defense tomorrow night is gonna <laughs> they're gonna have to wake up really quickly. Uh, I don't know if they've seen that uh, Jake Sanderson is playing really well, and Claude Drew and Drake Batherson. Uh, Brady Kachuk is a force. Brady Kachuk is the exact player the, the Sabres don't have. Um, so, yeah, um, we'll see what happens. I, I, I think three points, you're happy. Four points is a miracle. Five points is never going to happen. And six points, you can just shoot that to the wind right now. Um, well, you know, with how bad they're playing, you may luck out and get some backup goalies. Yeah, who knows, man. I mean, even if they get Anton Forsberg tomorrow night, which they're not, because uh, Ottawa head off tonight. You're going to get Corpus Allo. Um, I don't even know who the devil starter is at this point. Is it Kincaid? No, no, he, he got released. Um, he got waved. Um, I, that's, I, I, I texted you that before. I know, he's yeah. He's never that's played a full se- I don't think he's ever, he's ever played an actual full season in the NHL. Starter. Like, starters load, but like. You, you see the way uh, you see the way Jack Hughes is playing. Are we going to say Kincaid isn't like qualified to maybe start in the net for Buffalo. Like, I, think, I don't know. Like, anyone's, anyone's qualified to start in the net for Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, like. Um, gosh. Um, but, yeah, Jack Hughes is likely the early season MVP so far. He's going to tear that defense apart if they play the way they are. Um, Colorado, oh, my gosh. They're 5-0-0. One, one shootout win. They have everybody healthy. Gregorio yep. standing on his head. He's 3-0. With, with, I think, a 1-3 and a shutout. Um, yeah, this is going to get ugly really, really quickly. 
if they if they don't start getting to the front of the net and holding each other accountable. So, yeah, it's 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 tough, and I feel almost the exact same way about the Sabers as I do the Bills right now. Just a lot of missed opportunities. Uh, really I bad. About, I feel worse about the Bills because like the championship window is wide open. Uh, yeah. It is though. It still is. I mean, I wouldn't say wide open. I wouldn't say no, wide no, the, open. the season's not over. They're a game back in the division. You're not going to get the one seed. Uh, the Chiefs are going to get the one seed. Oh, but, dude, unless, unless they, unless they fix something dramatically on offense, I, like I've never, I've never, huh? And you got to fix it on offense because the defense isn't going to do it. Well, you're, you're just down too much talent on defense. Yeah, yeah. Like, That's, this is what like, I'm saying. Like, 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 like you just don't. You just don't replace Matt Milano. You just don't replace Jadavius White. Ed Oliver had a toe injury, I guess. Nico Jones was playing at an all-pro level. But as I get back to the Sabres, just a little bit about about the Bills, a little bit more. Like, the offense is what is going to win this team a Super Bowl. Your best player is Josh Allen. And Ken Dorsey and Sean McDermott are shackling him. They are – It's Ken Kruger in, baby. Yeah, but it, but it's also Sean McDermott because there's so many parallels here. Sean McDermott wanted a offensive coordinator that was going to balance the run with the pass. Brian Dable didn't want to do that, and you saw their handshake after the Giants game. There's beef there. There's oh, beef. 100%. Dable told him to fuck off, and he he threw the ball 85% of the time on first and second down, and the Bills had one of the best offenses in the league. Without 12 personnel, without all this talk about two tight ends and running the ball and uh, collaborative offense and whatever. And now you see Josh Allen early in games. He can't find a rhythm because he's getting in second and long situations. They're running the ball on second and short. It is a dysfunctional offense, and we've seen that through the beginning of these past three games. Mm -hmm. With the Sabres as well right now, I really do believe, and it may come down to coaching, but they have all of this talent. But they're trying to do things and they're trying to force things, i.e. putting their head down and firing the puck into shin pads that they haven't normally done in the past. They've had toys. They've had playmaking. So the combination of all of those things all at once is a lot to handle for Buffalo sports fans. And even you and I said it like on Saturday night after we all felt good after that Islanders win. Looking forward to a blowout win over the Patriots and a blowout win over the Canadians. Yeah, They lost both. Uh, yeah. so I think it's, it's the hope that kills you. Um, uh, uh, from our, from our, uh, <clears throat> consistent listener here, uh, Dwayne, did you hear any other news or rumors about Pesci coming to Buffalo? Um, no, no, I haven't no, heard that's, that's a pipe dream. Just like, uh, DeAndre Hopkins coming to the bills or, uh, I, I think DeAndre Hop. I mean, here's the thing about D hop is there was talks that there was conversations in the off season. I mean, if that now, happens, now that you can get him for like a million and a half, I think you, that's can, you can get him for a fourth rounder. Well, that, but in terms of what it costs against your cap, it's like a oh, million. Oh, that too. Because the because the, the guaranteed salary is out of the question. If, um, he, yeah, no, it was just like uh, Kevin Byard got traded from the Titans today, and it was the same deal. Yeah, um, he caught ten balls two games ago. De- DeAndre Hopkins is not dead by any means. Oh. <laughs> if if I the think- Bills. If they bring in DeAndre Hopkins in the next week before the trade deadline on Halloween, I'll be very encouraged because that is a signal that they realize you got to score more points than the other team. Sean McDermott's defense just let up 29 points to Mac fucking Jones. Yep. <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. I, uh, and in terms of the Sabres, like, I'm just so tired of val- overvaluing draft picks. I just, I just. Like, dude, like you have how many first round picks in your pipeline right now? And, and prospects Where's that team? probably aren't even going to make the team for two years. Yuri Kulik, you know, Ryan Johnson. He's a Crozine. Noah Oslin. Yeah, Noah Oslin, you know, Kulik. Like, all these guys that are in your pipeline that are just. Victor <laughs> Victor Nortef. You know, yeah. Nice. Or, or again, like we said, you know, Matthew Savoy. Like, Victor a Nortef. guy who's hungry. Victor Noichev is not going to make this team for three years. Yeah. Uh, Noah Austin's probably not going to make this team for three Brandon years. Brandon Byro, who a lot of people thought could have made this team to start the season. Like um, that guy is nipping at the butt. Like, you have so much talent in your pipeline. Dude, just throw a first-round pick at Carolina. For they, have no, they, have no, 
They have no defensemen to trade, Go but I like trade one of your defensive prospects. Like trade Ryan Johnson. I don't care at this point. Yeah, like dude, could you imagine Pache and Owen Power? It'd be better. You know what I mean? So much better. So much better. Could and then you, you imagine, have Daniel could you imagine John Gibson? Yeah. Like, listen, dude, I'm always in favor of whatever whatever is gonna help us. Make your win. team better right now. Make Pat your team Kane better. Pat Kane again. I don't. I, I at the start of the season, I didn't need Pat Kane. You need him now. We need him now. We really need Jack Quinn back. That's for sure. You need uh, Jack Quinn. You need Pat Kane. I don't think Pat Kane would even want to come here at this point, to be honest. Um, but you reasonable targets. Obviously, they didn't want to resign Pesci, so yeah, that's a reasonable target. We've got the cap space. Um, Tom Wilson. I mean, I think you and I were just talking about that. As well, he just signed an extension. He's out of the question. That's too bad. It's the exact type of player we need. Well, uh, I mean, it's out of the question unless you throw uh, an offer they can't refuse. I'm not even sure if you want to have a no I trade. Mean, are the are the Capitals rebuilding or are they going for it? I think they're off to a really bad start. Are they not? Yeah. So I don't know, man. I, I'm not going to start the rumor mill on things that are never going to happen. I am totally the one that seems the one that seems realistic. For both the Bills and the Sabers are DeAndre Hopkins and Brett Pesci, and both of those things will uh, solve massive problems for both teams. The Bills need a secondary wide receiver that they can trust. Obviously, Gabe Davis is not that. And uh, well, here, well, here's the point about Gabe Davis: is they also don't throw him the ball. Yeah, that too. But uh, clearly, 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 that comes down to a lack of of trust and scheming, and they're not just not doing it. Uh, and maybe he'll succeed if they have one more guy in there, especially now that Dawson Knox is gone. Uh, and then with the Sabres, if you get one more quality defenseman so that Henry Yokiharu is out of the lineup, and then you add one more person to that bottom six so that you can move Jordan Greenway down, this team, which should have been done in the offseason, will be so much better. So much better. Because there will be less pressure on the top lines. Uh, gosh, it, it's really disappointing. And I don't disagree with this from Mauricio. Dwayne, we need more grits, not friction. Too many pretty boys on the roster. I mean, yeah. I don't disagree with that. I don't. Mauricio, you're making some really good points. Listen, listen. People like to shit on the Leafs because they went and got Ryan Reeves. We've seen Ryan that, that – we've seen that get shit on in our group chat. At the end you of the day, Matt, you know what I mean? Like, he, like maybe you want a player that's going to score more for sure. But, but they need I that. definitely want a player – who plays the style that Ryan Reeves plays, just with some more offensive upside. To your point, Tom Wilson, like a Cal Clutterbuck, you know, I mean, guys like that. Brendan, Brendan Gallagher. Brendan Gallagher, yes. Guys that you can slot into your lineup and that are going to be a fucking nightmare to play against. Like, dude, like um, Delorier. Delorier. Yeah. Love I mean, Nick Delorier. He's, he's, he's- He's gotten so much better since he left the Sabres, but he's Dude, turned like into a still a heavyweight in the NHL, feared by just about anybody in the league. And the guy has a slight scoring touch and can get contribute on the score sheet. He can. I mean, as we talked, obviously the Red Wings overpaid for him, but a guy like JT Comfort would have been great. But you want to what? They're five. You said they're five and one, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're five and one. You think anybody's complaining about how much they're playing? Well, I mean, everyone shit on everyone shit on Steve Eiserman. Like, oh, what is the Eiser plan doing this? Like, giving all these huge contracts. Well, Alex DeBrincat looks pretty yeah, Alex good. Got, Alex DeBrincat could have. Alex DeBrincat was the first star of the week last week. Five goals and three assists in five games. Uh, Sam Reinhardt looks pretty good, but we don't need to. Some people think that that's <laughs> gonna be, some people think that's could be could be where Pat Kane might head. Is it, Chicago? Or, I'm sorry, just go to Detroit. Detroit. Oh, I don't know if you saw, but Sam Reinhardt had five goals and an assist through five games. Um, of course, we got Devin Levi for him. His but contract is coming up, too, I think. I would love Sam Reinhardt back. Because another guy, like, he's not the toughest guy in the world, but guess what he does well? He goes to the nut. Score garbage goals. He goes to the nut. Almost better than anybody in the league. His deflection and his yep. hand-eye coordination in front of the net is better than anybody in the league. Yep. I agree. Um, I would love, and another reason too, obviously this might be minuscule, but like the very fact that after he was traded 20 minutes later, he called back Kevin Adams to talk to him again and tell and like not apologize and say how he felt bad about things that work out. And he felt responsible. Like, dude, that kind of stuff means a lot. Like, a nice like you he know was what never, I mean? He was like, never like, like calling Kevin Adams back, not to bring up no, that no. guy. Sammy, Sammy was just always, he was just always a nice kid. And even in his exit interview after that season, before he got traded, 
it, it, it sounded in his voice like, yeah, like I, I would like to go to a contender, like it's clearly not working here. But you could tell that he felt some type of connection to the team that drafted him second overall when he wasn't like necessarily the slam dunk second overall pick in that draft. Like yeah. Sam Bennett went third overall in that draft. And I was Aaron Eckblad. Eckblad went first. Was it Drysidle in the, after that? Yeah, he was after he was outside yeah. the top three, I believe. Fucking kill me. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's tough right now, man. Um, so, right. wish list: John Gibson, Brett Pesci, obviously Patrick Kane, and then if we uh, bring in the depressing Buffalo Bills, DeAndre Hopkins. So, we'll see yeah, and, and a corner. We need a corner. Yeah, uh, and a linebacker, and a safety. <laughs> and, uh, and a defensive tackle. <laughs> yeah, going on, dude. I, I love Jordan Porter. I love Micah Hyde, but they need somebody to rotate in them. That's reliable. Well, that was supposed to be Taylor Rapp, and turns out he sucks. Yeah. So, you got anything else, bud? No, I'm, I'm gonna go to sleep. Yeah, you're gonna go to sleep. It's what time is it there? It's uh, it's almost eight, but I work at six in the morning, and I'm still catching up from coming back last week. Yeah. So. Yeah, man, I got nothing left. I, I, I screamed. I think we, I think we, we said everything we could. Yeah, yeah. After, After you know, like I said, I don't expect Alex Tuck to come out of the lineup. Um, I, I don't either. But you gotta take a hard conversation no, if you can. No, I agree. I think those conversations will happen. I hope they do at least. And Alex Tuck is the type of guy that I. It, it, it'd be different if it was a different player that was playing as sure, bad as obviously, he was. but. But for me, it's like I look at him and I just like he's the type of guy that will figure it out. Totally. But if he keeps turning the puck over and shooting pucks into shin pads, you put him in the press box. If if he does this two to three more times after we get back, I was figuring if he's still playing this, then yes, I will agree with that. But I think in these next three games, he will figure it out. I'm not saying he's going to score a hat trick or score three times. The rest of the team team better figure it out too because they can be two and seven really, really quickly. Dwayne, I'll be the owner. You can be the coach. Connor will be the GM. Sign me up. Let's Reese go. Reese's got the big bucks. Okay. Dude, I'll do it. I'll I'll do it for fucking whatever the minimum wage for a coach is. Sign me up. Let's go. I love, right. I love, this is this is the most me and Marisa have ever agreed. This is great. It's <laughs> the one thing that came out of this episode. Love you, I wonder if Mauricio is just like he's like us, like the second is like, oh, I can't wait to get in that chat and just fucking fire away. Hey. <laughs> I'm as depressed as you are tonight. So, all right. I got nothing left. Remember, everybody, this is thank you for all those who follow the two goalie one mic game thread. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, every week, every game, there's more and more engagement. I appreciate it. Keep following that hashtag 2G1M game thread on Twitter. Um, thank you for all those who followed along on YouTube tonight. Um, I think we had a max on YouTube of like almost 20 list, uh, 20 listeners at one point, which is awesome. Um, and all of those who watched along on Facebook and Twitter, thanks again. I think at some point here soon, we're going to try and start doing, um, even on Instagram live. I think there's a way, isn't there a way to do a dual screen when you go live? You can invite somebody to join it. Yeah. Like that. I think we might even start doing that and just, I guess, utilize our phones or something like that. And you guys can watch on Instagram as well. Whatever you want. We'll go on TikTok. We'll go on Facebook. We'll go on MySpace. That's that. Is MySpace still a thing? I don't know, man. Like a couple years ago, they tried bringing it back. Like they had commercials and stuff, and it just didn't work. <sighs> there was like a legitimate. There was like a legitimate initiative. The last time the Sabers were good was when MySpace was the number one social media platform. So. There's a tweet. <laughs> There's a tweet. Uh, Listen, uh, remember this is brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case on Georgia Boulevard. Tell them the very sad goalies from two goalies, one Mike sent you to get a case. They'll take care of you. Uh, I'll hang up and listen until next time, which is tomorrow night. We will talk to you later, folks. Go Sabres and go Bills. Hey everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? 
Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.